1: You're listening to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the go to space for everyday women to go from surviving to thriving by pursuing a purpose that's truly rooted in faith. And now, we're also becoming the premier space for Christian coaches and therapists to finally learn how to integrate faith into their practice without being churchy or limiting their audience. Each week, we'll merge biblical wisdom with practical everyday applications so that you can be empowered to excel in every facet of your life and business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey girl, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. Y'all, keep me lifted, okay? Can we just start with that? Keep me lifted. When I tell you, I have. No voice. I have been struggling for a week getting over whatever is going on in my body. Um, I told y'all I work with sick kids, I have gone a year unscathed. Um, and 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 I got caught up like Usher. Okay, one of these somewhere, somewhere, my health said, Uh uh-uh. uh, um, I'm on the mend, but if my voice cracks. It's just going to be what it is. Just pray for me, okay? I got a little steroids, got some some antibiotics going. I'm just trying to gather my life, all right? So put me on your prayer list, friend. But I'm still going to give you this episode. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Today, I'm going to be with you for a good time, not a long time. But I want to follow up on our conversation that we had last week. we were talking about the growth mindset and really overcoming failure. And I wanted to really address these five catalysts of failure that we often see. And I want us to then talk about three different ways we can combat them. Now, I told y'all, this is from um, a book that I read by Dr. Charles Stanley called Success God's Way. And this is something that he talked about in us failing to plan. But this happens in our failure to execute. This happens in our failure to do all the things that God has called us to do. And once we can identify the things that are keeping us from doing stuff, we can address it. Okay. once we have some awareness and we can put some language to these things, I think that we have a better ability to come up and put some boundaries in place. All right. So I'm going to hop right in while my larynx is giving what she's supposed to. Amen. So the first catalyst on our five catalysts of failure is self disqualification. And I'm going to read my little definition. Self-disqualification, it often stems from a lack of self-esteem or imposter syndrome. And sometimes you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you don't have the skills. You don't feel like you have the thought. You don't feel like you have the capacity. Think Moses. How am I supposed to talk to anybody and I have a st- st- stuttering problem? <laughs> okay, that's that's how I imagine it in my head. Like, think of Moses. Moses tried to disqualify himself based on the challenges and the deficits that he felt like He had. And despite that, he had to understand that God still called him to do the things. That are things that feel like deficits do not disqualify us. And that is the gag. You have to understand that when God gives you an assignment, He already knows the ins and the outs. So recently, I think I shared this that I have ADHD. Like, Clinically diagnosed, ADHD, sometimes it feels like a deficit. But what I've had to realize is that God has allowed my brain to be the way that it is. So I have two jobs. One is to honor the thing that God has given me instead of complaining about it all the time. Two, put boundaries in place and be sensitive to my own needs. Like, I need notes, y'all. I'm not going to memorize all of this. We'll end up in East Egypt having a conversation about something that don't matter. (laughs) Okay. And so I need notes and that's okay. So I think that, When we talk about things like self disqualification, we have to understand that God already knows the ins and outs. He already knows every detail. And the Bible tells us that it's in our weaknesses that we get to experience God's strength. So these things that we're doing, we are doing them with God, not simply for him. We're doing it for the kingdom, right? The people need to be saved. God is God all by himself. And we get to partner with him to do these things. And so in those moments where you feel like you don't have enough, understand that the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1 and 3 that God has given us everything that we need that pertains to a life of godliness. So if he said for you to do it, you have it. And so you have to take inventory and really make sure that you are keeping a godly perspective, that you are developing a mind like Christ in the way that you see yourself, in the way that you see the skills that God has given you, in the way that you see your uniqueness, all of these things that God has equipped you with. And a lot of times we see these things as burdens, but there's a reason why God could equip you with that. As much as my ADHD gets on my nerves sometimes with some of the challenges I, my brain can do some crazy stuff. The level of of imagination and creativity that God has also placed on the inside of me, I get that part of it too. And so oftentimes we disqualify ourselves and we don't celebrate the things that God has given us. And that leads to failure. That leads to us not making a move. And so a really good way that you can sit down and deal with this is understanding God's perspective of who you are, what he's called you to do, who he says you are. And knowing that, anything that I feel like I don't have, I can go to him for it. But oftentimes when you really take an honest inventory and an honest assessment, you'll find that you have it. You got the juice, you got the sauce. You just ain't squoze it yet. And I said, it's okay? The second catalyst to failure is lack of knowledge. This is twofold. So from, again, this psychology perspective, you literally don't know the skill. God told you to write the book. You just start putting sentences together. You ain't took a class. You ain't got no kind of qualification. Let me, Let me tell you something that we have to stop doing in the body of christ there there's two things can be true at the same time yes god anoints us and appoints us we also have a responsibility a responsibility to develop the skill that god has given us god revealed to me that i have the gift to teach that's great my pastor when i told him hey god gave me this in prayer Was like that's awesome i would recommend that you get some type of certificate something some kind of formal education so you know that you're well-rooted and for some people they may think it don't take all of that but why not do i not need a license to drive do i not need a license and competencies to take care of kids how dare I treat God's word and the souls of his people so casually that I'll just get on uh, Al Gore, Beyonce, and Jesus' internet at the same time and do whatever unprepared. How? Why do I think that that's acceptable? Because God gave me a title. God gave me a gift. How are you stewarding the gift? So we have to be willing to be prayerful in what we do and how we do it. Did I go get a full, uh, get a second doctorate in theology? No. Hot 16 week biblical study certificate gave me critical foundation, what I needed. I learned how to view the Bible, the perspective, all the things. It really refined the way that I'm able to teach and reach people because I'm taking care of souls. And a lot of us have gifts, and we don't want any accountability to knowledge and making sure that we're making good decisions. How are you gonna be an entrepreneur for Christ and you don't have a business plan? What? That's not a business. So we have to make sure to understand that God is a God of order. Biblically, the Bible speaks of us perishing due to our lack of knowledge. Now in this scripture, This is really about us not knowing God and us not knowing his character and experiencing him. And that lack of knowledge will have you making decisions that are not in alignment with God's character. If this is his business, his platform, his gift that I'm using to serve his kingdom, why am I out here treating it willy-nilly there are some things that are stated precepts and decrees. And then there are some things that are principles like integrity and having Christ-like integrity is a principle thing. So as you treat your customers and the people that you come in contact with, like what is their experience with you? Are you a representative of Christ without you having to have a bumper sticker without you having to have scripture uh, all over your website. Can they just see that when they come into contact with you, there's something different about you because we like to go around touting scripture, but oftentimes the way that we present ourselves, when we act like we got home training, okay. When we act like we got a father, the way that we present ourselves speaks for itself and even how you handle missteps. Because they will happen. So the second thing that is a catalyst for our failure is our lack of knowledge and our unwillingness to get the knowledge that we need. You want marketing knowledge, you have no business plan. Why, why do you need to know how to market? Ain't no business. The point of marketing is to drive people to your business, right? So what are you doing? What are we doing then? Make it make sense. We have to understand that we are always going to be learning. Learning in scripture. Learning in the world. Learning. And understanding and looking for those opportunities. The third thing. Laziness. Come on, friend. Come on. Laziness. Who is it? Is it you? procrastination, Um, I do this really cute thing called productive procrastination with ADHD, where I'm doing something, but it's not the thing that needs to get done. And it really is because a lot of times we are lazy. We have a lack of motivation, we have fear of failure, and honestly, we're prideful. Pride is not just about you boasting in yourself. Pride also rears its ugly head when you're procrastinating because how dare you have something on the inside of you that God is giving you that you are not using to exalt him and do what he's called you to do with it. So if this is the line, going over the line is pride and coming underneath the line is also pride. You feel like whatever you have to lose, you feel like whatever uh, vulnerability you're going to have to experience is so much more valuable than the instruction that God gave. So laryngitis or not, I'm gonna record this episode. I sound like a frog, okay? And I'm well aware <laughs> that my voice isn't giving, but God gave me enough to get through this episode. And I'm gonna submit that back to him.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: The Bible talks about in Proverbs 13 and 4 how the soul of a sluggard, that's a lazy, a lazy bum, Okay, my dad was like, what kind of Z is that? Lazy, lazy bum. <laughs> the soul of a sluggard is always desiring and has nothing. You will end up empty handed. And so the way that we overcome this, one is you really have to understand the why. We just be doing stuff. Half the time you are not motivated because the thing that you're chasing after isn't really what you need. The idea of money is not enough to sustain you. Because sometimes you're like, honestly, I don't need it. The idea of success is not always going to sustain you. It has to be, there has to be a deeper connection. I truly believe that if everybody just played their role in the body of Christ, we can do phenomenal things. Phenomenal things. Eyes haven't seen. Ears have not heard. And if I can do my small piece to tell the body, hey, line back up, girl. Hey, no, 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 no. You, act, you you, acting like you're an eyelash. You're a kidney. I need you to get over here and handle kidney responsibilities. That's still valuable. You're valuable. Do it and do it well. That That, for me to see that happened because that is the desire of my father that motivates me to be on here talking with, with three-fourths of a voice. That drives me like, nah, because somebody's soul is dependent on this. Yeah, you're connected to me, but there are people that are connected to you that only you have access to. I don't have the same sphere of influence as you. I just need to worry about who I'm called the steward over here. But then I can encourage you to go out and you do the same. And that desire, it gets me going. It gets me innovating. It gets me to do what needs to be done, to show up. Like, even yesterday, shout out to everybody who has the app and is in our community, we had our first monthly co-working planning session. Now, shenanigans were had, it's me. but. It just encouraged me, even though I've not been feeling well, how God moved and allowed me to speak and pour. And we were able to facilitate a space where stuff was getting done. People were getting the words that they needed. It was beautiful. Even though my body didn't necessarily feel like it, I'm always restored and renewed. And so we have to be for real and really start breaking down these tasks. Why are you doing that? Are you being busy or are you being productive? Because a lot of times we procrastinate because we put standards on ourselves that God has not placed on us. So what's going on? And then you find yourself in a position of failure and you're disappointed with God, but it's a you issue. Next is a lack of faith, okay? You just don't believe God is going to do what he said. <laughs> like that's it. I'm I'm really if if we're being honest, God, this doesn't look like what you said it was going to look like, and I'm struggling. And so I'm not, I'm not listening to you. I'm not doing what you've called me to do. I'm going to actually go build this alternative life, this counterfeit life, because I don't believe in what you're saying. I'm going to bury the talent like the third servant, because I know that you're a harsh master. I'm not even going to give you interest on in what you gave me. Because I don't really believe that you're going to do what you said. And instead of us coming to God in this level of transparency, when we doubt, We just do nothing. And then we're frustrated with God. But we're not also making room for him to help our unbelief. There are times where you have to faith it till you make it. Okay, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's the truth. How you gonna do this? I don't know. How you gonna build an app? No idea. How you gonna finish school? I still don't know to this day right now. I have no idea. I'm just one day at a time. Matthew six thirty four. But what it takes is for you to be disciplined, prayer, fasting, making sure that you're in godly community, that you're maximizing all the resources that God has given you to build your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. God imparts faith to us. So at the very least, I have to know that I need to come to him. Because outside of that, I'm doing a bunch of nothing. Okay, where is your faith? And then the fifth catalyst of fear is fear of failure and rejection. Okay, fear will paralyze you. The Bible says 365 times. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And while everybody out here, name every kind of demonic entity, all, all the things, what, what about the spirit of fear? Cause see that's that's scripture. Are you resisting the enemy so he'll flee? Or are we allowing what we see in the natural to dictate how I behave? We either gonna walk by faith and not by sight or or not. We have to really get this in our spirit. We have to really get this in our spirit. We're either going to walk by faith or we're not. Where is failure? Where is rejection if God says that you are approved? Whose rejection are you going after? Why are you worried about the applause of people? When the word tells us we're going to be persecuted as Christians. It doesn't say you might face trials and tribulations. It says prepare for them. Jesus was rejected. So what's the likelihood that we're going to be rejected too? And then what things can I put in place to overcome this? A lot of our decisions we're making based on things that are outside of God's will. We want all this authority, but when we actually have to execute it in like doing what God said, where you're not laying somebody out on the floor, there's a, a space and a place for that. But the real, ex- like the real exercising of the authority that's on the inside of you that tread upon heads of serpents happens when you hit record, happens when you show up, happens when you're tired. Like that's the real authority. That's the real Philippians 4.13 moment. And so we have to be willing to make it make sense. This all can't be semantics and theatrics. We have to be serious about why things aren't happening that are that is in God's word that I know you spoke to me. It's not God that we're waiting. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to get in alignment, to do what he said. Imagine if David hadn't showed up to fight Goliath. Imagine if David had put on Saul's armor, trying to be something that he's not. But it took for David to show up in the field for him to experience and have the knowledge of God, because he was with me with the bear. He was with me with the lion. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It took for David to have skill with his slingshot, to learn how to throw it, throw the rock accurately. And then anything that he might've felt like he lacked, God made up for. But you have to overcome the fear of failure and rejection. They called, like they didn't even call David at first when they were looking for a new king. He wasn't even considered, but God was yet and still training him where he was. David had faith in God, not in what the king said. This is how you should present yourself. God is an innovator. So half the stuff that you're being called to do, there is no blueprint. And we're so busy copying and pasting, copying and pasting. And I love a good TikTok trend, just like the next, but are we not trendsetters? Are we not set apart? We have to stop consuming and start innovating. We have to start solving God's problems. That's going to require us to be on top of it. That's going to require some training. That's going to require us to stop disqualifying ourselves. Who are we to disqualify what God called good? He called us good. He said we're his. So I want to give you three things to think about. First, am I seeking God's guidance? Am I seeking God's guidance? Have I asked God about this? Because we'll talk to our mama, we'll go to YouTube, we'll search, we'll do all of this. Am I listening to God's guidance on this? Is my effort rooted in faith and aligned with biblical principle? If you are moving out of fear and desperation, you are going to miss the mark. The enemy is going to eat you up. You have to learn when to be still. The song say no one to hold them, no one to fold them when to walk away, and when to run. There's a time for everything under the sun. And we're so impatient as a generation. We want to do everything but what we've been called to do. We have to ask ourselves, is this in alignment with biblical principle? How do I know? Go to Galatians 5. Start at verse 16. Go down to verse 24. You're going to find out That the flesh and the spirit, they always tussling. You're going to find out what the flesh looks like. You're going to find out what the spirit looks like. Figure out which side you're on. Deal with the issues that you need to. And I'll break this down in another episode. And then finally, am I open to God's plan, even if it's different from mine? I know you had your life planned out, bookie but jeremiah 29 11 it says he knows the plans that he has for you not the ones you make for yourself so is the resistance that you're feeling is it the enemy or is it you is it your flesh we want to blame everybody but the enemy or not the enemy we want to blame everybody but ourselves rather we want to blame the devil blame the devil blame the devil at what point is it your decisions? at what point is greater is he that's within me than he's that's within the world At what point am I more than a conqueror? At what point am I the head and not the tail? Oh, just when we're talking about money? That's crazy. Because he's eating us up and us not doing what we've been called to do. The scriptures have to apply to every area of our life, not just the parts that we've attached them to because we want some kind of, of transaction between us and God. And the way that we overcome failure is by using the word, the way that God has called us to, the way it's intended to be used, to cut things off of us that are unlike him. Mindsets, shifting our perspective, renewing our minds, softening our hearts. And it's then and only then will we stop falling into these five traps of failure. So I love you girl. My voice is through, okay? Through. She a through piece. I love y'all. Pray for me as I pray for y'all. I pray that this blessed y'all. And girl, I'm going to talk to you next week, okay? Bye.